The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to yet another episode of the Kick Pod of 2021. I am your host slash sensei, TJ Williams, giving you the insider of my martial arts experience, as well as analyzing and discussing certain martial arts-based subjects, and also, as usual, highlighting certain martial artists ranging from movie actors and also martial artists from around the world. Okay, so before I get on to my little episode, and I know this is not a political type of podcast, but um, I want to um, talk about a certain um, event that happened this last past week, um, the riot over at the U.S. Capitol, and of course, uh, it's just um, a terrible thing to think about because uh, you've got these people rioting, going crazy, or should I say pro-Trump supporters, um, trashing a, a historical monument because they're not satisfied with the presidential results happening for the past um, few months. And of course, uh, as you could see, um, yeah, I think it was, I think it's next week that um, Donald Trump has to leave the White House because, uh, of course, Joe Biden is our new president, elected president. And, you know, all this craziness with the rioting and everything, you know, you wonder why, um, yeah, if you remember that show, The Newsroom, with um, Jeff Daniels, that one scene that he's um, standing, sitting between the the liberalists and the conservatives um, panelists, uh, they and he's, um, they say their answer. Of course, um, then Jeff Daniels goes off and says, the United States, uh, America is not the greatest country anymore, not the greatest country anymore. And of course, he goes off and just says uh what he has what he feels why we're not the greatest country and just to think about it you know i mean i don't know what happened to this country i mean we was fighting for what we believe well let me put this in best perspective this i mean we're supposed to be fighting for not only our freedom but like everybody else's freedom i mean everybody wants their type of freedom i mean but really I mean, we want equal. We want equal rights. I mean, we want to be treated equal, but yet you got these people acting out of craziness. I mean, I don't know if it's mental, mental craziness, or just a mental condition, or it's just they just. I could pretty much put this in best perspective. Just plain stupid, right? Acting in a matter like this and trashing a. An American historical monument that was built for, like, people to vote on, like, certain laws. I mean, it's not fair. I mean, but, you know, of course, there's arrests made for that. But, you know, I'm, well, honestly, like I said, this is not a political um, podcast. But, you know, I feel like I need to discuss that. My feelings about what's going on in this country. I mean, it's, this is why... Going somewhere is like going to be permit, pro, prohibited. You know, that's why people have a hard time going places because of this event. 
right? So <clears throat> just get that out of the way. And also, I found out what the term sensei really means. You know, <clears throat> when you hear the word sensei, you know, when I call myself uh, sensei here, sensei here on this um, podcast, you know, I'm not trying to, to like do a dojo, like teach people on here. You know, this is just a podcast, but you know, my in my um school, my cry school, I'm not referred as sensei. I'm not referred as Mister. So that's how you. Well, either you're referred to as Mister or Master, depending on your rank. But uh, the word sensei, I mean, you normally it's called teacher, but it need, mostly means uh, born before somebody. All right, so basically, if let's put this this way, if a seventy, if if a, a student was say forty years old, of course I'm thirty five, and they're calling me sensei, that wouldn't make sense because they're they were born before me, so that wouldn't make sense to call me sensei, or if somebody was born like, if we were the same age, and they called me sensei. That wouldn't make sense neither. So really, and honestly, so for me to be a sensei, I mean, I had to be teaching kids. I get teaching people like younger than me, like at least six years old. I know I got a class with six year olds. So really, it would be nice to call me Mister Williams or Sir, or maybe even Sensei. But you know what? Like I said, I'm, I don't train in a Japanese school. Right, to be called sensei. Right, so I'm like cream based. So my, so my um. So basically, my status to be called to be called is Mister, or Sir, or maybe Ma'am, or no, no, not not Ma'am, but so well. That's how it is in my schools. You either call Mister or Mrs. and it would probably be yes. Ma'am or mess, yes, sir. So that's how I'd be going. Okay, all right, on to my little um, episode. All right, so um, I'm going to discuss um, today about um, the term kumite. All right, so it's Japanese for grappling hands. So automatically, when you hear the word kumite, what, what you th- what's the one thing that you think about? And I know a lot of people are like thinking automatically the movie Bloodsport, and uh, yes, all right, that's that surrounds the um, term of what the Kumite is. But um, I'm not going to talk about the Bloodsports, the movie. All right, but I'm just going to talk about like the term of what Kumite is. All right, so basically, so basically Kumite, you know, along with um. Um, with kata and the basics, you know, it's basically karate training where you're using the basics and and kata techniques against an opponent. All right, so also and also, you use to develop a particular technique or a skill, such as adjusting one's distance from one's from one's opponent, or it could be done in competition, and yet. We call it, or yet we call it sparring. All right, to mostly analyze this, uh, most people wonder why we even uh, teach sukata. 
you know, because it's a form of self-defense. You know, in some cases, while training, some styles express in express this in the form of kumite, either to prepare for self-defense situations or competition. You know, when you think about it, yeah, definitely. We, yeah, that's just one thing to think about it. Right, so, yeah, and definitely going back to the movie Bloodsport, I'm definitely going to get a quote from Van Damme. And pretty much when he says um, in the movie, when he's um, talking with his Shidoshi, is um, yeah, Sh Shidoshi Tanaka. And he says this to him when um, Tanaka refused to let him, um, refused to train him because he wasn't a Tanaka. He wasn't Japanese, he wasn't a Tanaka. He just says, use any technique that works. Never limit yourself to one style Keep a, to keep an open mind. Yeah, this is basically me quoting Van Damme's um, character, Frank Dukes. So, wait a minute. So, think about it. When you're doing kumite, you know, you want to use any technique that works for you. I mean, we teach a lot of, um, we just don't teach one self-defense move. We teach, like, so many. Because there's so many positions that self-defense may happen. You know, it may happen from behind, happen in front, happen right to the side. You know, somebody could take you to the ground. I mean, you got to know how to really protect yourself in all types of situations. Excuse me. Yeah, long day. Yeah, it's always going to be a long day. But, you know, I wake up just to do this podcast. Yeah, all right, so I'm going to talk about the types of kumite. You know, it covers a large range of activities. You know, you got... Guhorn or Guhan Kumite, you know, the first type of Kumite for beginners in which you're stepping, stepping back while blocking and countering after the last block. You now, working towards the advanced, the advanced type of, um, of Kumite, which is called, uh, uh, it's called, uh, G Giu Kumite. You know, mostly this is Japanese term, so I'm gonna have trouble saying it. So well definitely uh it's um G Kumite or free sparring. Right? So these are one of the two types of kumites. But you know there's the other there's other kumites. I mean you got um of course I already um mentioned Gohan 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 um, Kumite, which is a five-step sparring or prearranged attacks and counter exercise. So definitely, that's the, for beginners. Just to get them all started. And yet you got um, and then you got uh, Epon upon Epon Kumite, which is one-step sparring, typically used for self-defense drills. And then you got. Saban um, Kumite, three-step sparring, typically used to develop speed, strength, and technique. And of course, you got um, the fourth one, which is the Kiso, uh, Kiso Kumite, structure sparring drawn from Ikata. And of course, you got, um, and then of course, you got uh, Giyu Ipan 
Kumite, one step, semi free sparring. And then it goes on to the last one. And you got uh, GU, uh, uh, um, Kumite, which is free sparring. So those are the types. So yeah, it goes on different stages of Kumite. To really get somebody trained and prepared for actually sparring. So this is pretty much how we do it in our martial in our martial arts training. You know, you start them off with um simple. Well, you gotta teach them how to block first. I mean, that's the main thing. The basics always matters. You know, pretty much before the pretty much kumite. You know, you teach them the basics as well as kata, and then you kind of incorporate kata in. In self-defense. So, yeah, this is pretty much how it works. You know, it builds you up to that free sparring. Right? So, in that case, I mean, yeah, we have... Normally, we don't call this kumite. We call this one-steps. Well, yeah, like basic one-steps or rapid-fire one-steps. You know, the difference with what basic one-steps, it's like it's pre... It's um pre-arranged. All right, so you throw a punch at somebody, and you know we teach you like the prearranged um, techniques to it. And then it comes, of course, with rabbit fire one steps. Once you get to that advanced stage, you know it's not predetermined. You know you have to react based on you got to react to that punch, and you do based on like what comes to mind. You know if. <clears throat> If a out block comes to mind when you throw the block, that's what's gonna happen. You know, you gotta make sure you have an idea. It make sure you're ready. You know, you just don't think about it. You know, you're in a situation and um, you you have to like block and counter. You have to uh, react. You know, I always teach my students about reaction. Like, how long does it take you to react? You know, your reaction should be as fast as you take your hand off a hot stove. I mean, that's reaction. It's, you know, really, you have all that time to react. You know, if somebody tries to throw a punch at you, and they, or at least they make you flinch, you know, that's that's how it is. You know, but definitely, we had to teach ourselves not to flinch. All right, so here's another one. Well, definitely, there's another one that um, involves um, Kumite. It's del delivering strikes, you know. It's all about perfecting your technique before any speed or power is given, you know, to the technique. Yet, while training certain um, types of self-defense or sparring, you know, we're, tra we're trained to pull, pull, like pull punches, to avoid hurting, hurt, hurting one another, or hurting each other. Right? So, you know, well, that's why most schools wear protective gear. Um, what? That's why most school in most schools where why protective gear is used in free or point sparring, you know. But in like you got, could could that's like uh, Kokushin. Ko, yeah, there's Kokushin karate. However, new snow padding. They use those. They hardly use no padding, and fighters don't pull their punches as fighters are finished by knockouts. So, going back to Cobra Kai, right? So, definitely, I'm not going to talk about the third season yet. But, you know, certainly, just think about the Karate Kid movies with Cobra Kai. 
you know, when John Creese says, um, when you get a point, well, honestly, if you get a point, you back away and try and sex will spar it. But in, um, it's, well, of course, according to Cobra Kai, no mercy. So it's like strike, strike first, strike hard, no mercy. So basically, when you knock somebody down, you hit a, get a point on somebody, you don't, um, you don't step back. You finish them off. So that's in that, that's in that um, kind of perspective. So I'm thinking that Kukoshin, Kukoshin, and Cobra Kai is pretty much similar. So, you know, you knock your person out, right? So, like, you know, while teaching, while training or teaching, it is important for students to understand control and training. You know, in a real-life situation, you know, or in a real-life situation, you know, definitely going back to what I was talking about, you know, about legalities, you know, you know when you're in a confrontation, <clears throat> you know, really, honestly, if you're in a real-life situation and you're, <clears throat> of course, you're the, getting attacked, you're the victim, Right, so it's best when you, when you definitely have, um, definitely defend yourself, and you take the person down. It's always best to back away, and you know, because you never know who's watching. And you know, they always say, street fight, there's no rules. I mean, there's no rules to like how fair the fight's gonna be, but, but when it comes to the law, I mean, the law is a law. So, if you're caught. Going on top of somebody and beating them to death, and of course some standbyer comes by and sees sees that happen. I mean, either it's you or the other person. You know that person is going to get in trouble, All right? So that's the thing you got to watch out for. All right, so legalities. You know that's the thing I try to tell the students. You know you're going to get in situations where you have to protect yourself. And you know, definitely with kids, it's it's quite difficult because really, you know, if they're getting bullied, physically bullied, you know, and you know, school says, I mean, it's ridiculous what the school has to say. You know, if you got some kid messing with you, and you feel like you you can't even defend yourself because you know you're training yourself to be an animal. I mean, I don't train my students to be animals when it comes to self-defense. You know, I train them to do the smart thing, you know. Yeah, the smart thing, you know, just to learn something. You know, we don't do this. this we don't do the right thing because it works. We do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. I mean, I mean for me, I want to do the right thing. I want to be able to, like, show these students that, it's proper. That's why I always tell them, you know, because most kids that disrupt the class and they just don't listen. And, you know, I know they're kids, but they have to understand that if you're not if you're not listening, if your mind is not part of the program, you're going to well, really, you're going to make the worst mistakes. You're not going to have control. I mean, that's what. Most of these kids have struggled with, you know, oh, I know I have kids in my class that suffer with um, mental conditions, you know, 
attention deficit hyperactivity disorder autism all those things but you know i mean we do our best to try to keep them in line i mean i know it's something that they can't help but you know it's gonna get i feel like it's gonna get to the point where you know people that are not mentally stable are gonna really hurt somebody and that's why i want to get them trained to make sure they're compassionate you know i can't say that i i don't know i can't say i don't know how they feel because you know i was a child too with mental conditions and really had to try to outgrow it and try to make things right for my life and that's why karate made it right for it and i went from being that one person that had a mental condition that pretty much was i couldn't outgrow but i overcame it because of martial arts right so just something to think about when you're really trying to deliver strikes learned control and make it a powerful technique but always control all right all right so moving on to the competition type of kumite you know most kumite mostly derives from competing on competing or a one-on-one a street fight so really mostly street fight in street fighting the only non-sanctioned objective is either knock the opponent out or kill them well even though it crossed legalities in which it was assault and incarcerations like i said before legalities no you're in a street fight and you know i mean you're well, really, as the defender, your goal, your objective is you want to go home. I mean, you had a long day. And then, of course, you got that one person that prevents you from going home. And you have to pretty much, to get through him, either you got to knock that person out or kill them. Depending on the situation, you know, really, in another style, Krav Maga. All right, so basically, it is a Israel is a Israel um martial arts style. You know, they use it in the Israel military. You know, really, and it's I can tell you, Krav Maga. It takes a lot of conditioning. I yeah, it takes a lot of conditioning to do Krav Maga. You know, and I and honestly, I like to um, talk to one of my um friends who's also he trains in the same styles I does, and then but he uh has um done. Krav Maga training on the side of sideline, so I wish I would like to talk to him, or at least get him on a show and interview him, and at least get give us a, a his perspective of what Krav Maga is. All right, so I'm gonna get back to Krav Maga once I get a hold of him. But nevertheless, yeah, in competition, all right. So you got, of course, you got the sanctioned ones. You know, you got all these competitions going on. All right, so in most tournaments, you either compete in point or continuous sparring, and spar and sparring or and sparring rounds were and sparring rounds were either two to three minutes or if you can score the most points in two minutes. <clears throat> All right, so mostly with sparring, I. No, honestly, I hate sparring, but you know, but I still train to do it, you know, because you really, 
because you, when you're training for somebody, when you train for a tournament, you know you're training with experienced hunters. That's what I call them. And if you're not trained on their level, you're going to be an easy deer for them to hunt. So that's the thing with tournament. That's the thing with point sparring. You know, you got to pretty much know where the points are and like how to score. It's so in this case. Uh, so the scoring system that I came up with, so punches to the head and or the body are one point. No kicks to the body are one point and kicks to the head are two points. So rather if it's like a round kick to the head, that's pretty much a point. And also spin spinning kicks. Well, actually, yeah, you got um, round kicks and hook kicks. Like standing hook kicks, you know, to the head, that's two points. But if you're doing a spinning kick to the head, that's three points. All right, so that's how, that's my experience doing sparring, you know. Like I said, I hate sparring. <coughs> so, excuse me. So, um, with sparring, I mean, I've competed a couple times, you know. I got knocked out, punched in the nose, you know. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I, it, I suck at sparring. But you know, I I do it though definitely. You know, I prefer doing like kata and dumb tournaments other than sparring. You know, I don't have to, nothing to prove in sparring. But you know, it's it is what it is. <laughs> well, then of course you got the an international competition under the the World Karate Federation sweep. Well, sweeps slash takedowns with a follow-up are three points. So really, if you take somebody down, and of course you, for us, if you if somebody falls down or you take them down, you got three seconds before you land a point, and then definitely they'll call break. Hey, okay, so <clears throat> that's the thing in tournaments. You know, you have judges. <clears throat> points mind. Every time you hear it said break, and you say judges call, and then they call to see who got the point. So that's pretty much how to stop the fight. But usually continuous sparring, you know, you're trying to get as many points in like probably two seconds. And I think it go by rounds. <clears throat> and you got pretty much got to be well conditioned for continuous sparring. Boy. All right. So just um, just a refresher on this subject of kumite. All right. So definitely it's Japanese term for grappling hands. So in most tournaments, you may not see people grappling. I mean, only grappling you probably see if if it's like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Right, so really, or pretty much judo. That's pretty much where you're going to see grappling. All right, so definitely. So definitely you're going to either see grappling in um, most tournaments. Well, see, here's an example. The UFC ultimate fighting championship so that's pretty much the example for kumite i know it's not tournament like but you know it's just a sanctioned um match between two fighters and then you got um of um certain um yeah certain a uh, certain fight you got different well you got people training in these different styles to get ready for a fight hey okay? so that's another thing. And um, I would say pro wrestling, but you know, with 
wrestling that's um that's predetermined of who's gonna win but you know but you treat it as if it's a real fight you know you got people sitting in their seats you know they want to see a real fight i mean rather if it's predetermined or non-sanctioned i mean they want to see a fight but you know but you want to think of the kids too and that's usually those kids are thinking about the legalities of what what to do i mean but you know that's why in most cases if you're in a wrestling wrestling show i mean foul language is prohibited i right? so you know you're limited to saying some words but you know <sighs> certain wrestlers don't listen they just do whatever they want so okay so just uh, going back to the beginning of the episode uh, of what I was saying about how this country is alright so really all because I, I a lot of people wants to see peace you know I want to be able to go somewhere and be able to go to the movies and feel safe about it and not have to worry about turning my head looking behind me and seeing who might attack me I mean I want to at least, at least be safe of what's going on out there and I know things are starting to come back around because um, one you know we dealt with an almost entire year of dealing with the coronavirus or the COVID-19 pandemic and of course everything got shut down of course even me getting laid off for two months and of course getting getting back at getting back at it like like months later and going throughout the summer but um nevertheless um uh, uh everything's almost back to normal you know i'm trying to at least get myself back to back to normal you know f back to the things that i used used to do <clears throat> before this pandemic struck you know, but you know, I want to be back to making mad money and not not being able to be broke again or go for unemployment. Right? So for the message for you guys out there, really don't let this pandemic get to your head and always focus on making this a better country to live in and not worry about following stupid people that want to ruin it. Right? So hopefully once this election well once this inauguration is over things will kind of slow down and we get back to normal all right so that is, that's it for my session here at the kick pod dojo all right tune in for new content and also check out the previous content on the bicbpradio.com apple Podcasts, and spotify and I'll see you next time for another session here at the Kickpot Dojo. This is TJ Williams, your sensei, bowing you out. Yep. Yeah, Chris. You hear any new podcasts lately? Uh, yeah, I have. Like what? Retroblist. You had that ready to go. 
like almost like you knew I was going to ask you this. I sort of kind of did. It was like an ESP feeling. What's Retro Blist? Retro Blist is a retro video game podcast presented by Johnny and Trevor, where they talk about everything from retro gaming, retro consoles. They each week review a different video game that they have played. Uh, majority of the time it is retro like on the actual console itself from Sega Dreamcast to Super Nintendos to um, I think they recently started playing on a Nintendo Switch where can I find this podcast uh, you can find it at bicbp-radio.com sweet 